This is I Pierce the Toast. I'm Sean. And I'm AJ. Let's make some toast. Welcome back to I Pierce the Toast. Hi, guys. Hi, 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 toasticles. <laughs> Every fucking time. Every time it makes me giggle. Yeah. Makes me, makes me giggle like it's a, all good. Like a schoolgirl. So, um, I, I, again, I hear that you're calling it I Pierce the Toast. You know what? I think you're going to be pleased this week. I made an effort. All right. I, uh, I rolled for initiative to start calling it IPTT. And it came up zero, so I, I failed. Is that that's, Dungeons that's and Dragons That you're damn well, is that not relevant right now? What, I mean... What was released this weekend? I actually just saw that last night. Did you see it? I did. Oh, don't you dare tell me a it, fucking thing. No, I it, was see so, it, it was so good. Because the problem is, ordinarily, my wife would never be into a film like this, right? She wouldn't even consider it. Yeah. But... Chris Pine? Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> that's an easy that's, one. Yeah, Chris Pine. <laughs> okay. So, uh, did you see what they were... The, the promotional thing that they were releasing with the film. The dye popcorn thing. Oh my god, I want one. Oh, two of the um two of the friends that we had that went with us last night, they were really trying to get that, but fortunately they were just a tad late and they, they I guess they just I, ran out the day before anyway. So I was about to say, I can't imagine there's gonna be a lot of those. No. And they're gonna be a hot item on, you know, on eBay or yeah. whatever else. But uh but yeah, so uh so without giving anything away, how was how was it? It was I would say it's not an amazing movie by any stretch of the imagination. It was a really, really good movie, especially if you're a D&D fan, because there were a lot of tropes and a lot of character development and stuff like that that really makes you feel like, okay, this could be any campaign that somebody's doing. Yes, I'm giving myself away as a nerd, but that's okay. Okay, well, I mean, you know that I've never really been into D&D. Yeah. But, and I've never even really been into like MMORPGs, honestly. I think the closest thing I ever really got into were things like. Uh, Do you mean just RPGs in general? Um, I mean, you played Skyrim. I was about to say that. No, I, yeah, M- definitely MMORPGs because I played Skyrim. Which well, is no, just no, a MMORPG RPG is a multiplayer. Yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. I, played... I, I, th- I thought that you were just talking about it in general. No, no, no. I mean specifically the multiplayer ones because I never really got into you know, um, oh, what's the biggest one? Uh, Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, but I did get into Elder. Uh, Elder Scrolls, or uh, what was it? Not Elder Scrolls, but uh, uh, Skyrim. Yeah. So based off that, and and kind of at least understanding the the running gags or the the complaints of D anD D, do you think I would enjoy this film? Oh, I think you would. It's a, it's an enjoyable film, regardless. Outstanding. All right. Yeah. Looking forward to it. What else is going on in the news? Uh, Reese Witherspoon is single again. Yeah. (laughs) There wasn't a lot this week. I mean, that's great. See, this is the kind of news where it's like, don't get me wrong. I I, I enjoy my celebrities, but I'm not a fan worshiper if, if that's you know if, if that's the kind of term that you're going for i don't i don't care about what they're doing with their free time oh my god she bought a starbucks she bought this <laughs> i really don't care see that's that's the worst part i looked up entertainment news to see if i could find something we could talk about news really I, no no not like e-news like specifically that that oh okay i was but like just what's... entertainment news in general and uh that's exactly what it came up with that kind of stuff like oh so and so is out getting a starbucks like i don't give a shit i don't care that the pink drink is back and now you're super excited about it. <laughs> that that being said i have had starbucks three times in the past couple days well now you'll never be able to afford a home no I'm, i still will i'm what just gonna, gonna build my house out of fucking starbucks cups <laughs> <laughs> oh so aj 
We talked about the Oscars yes, uh, yeah. last week. We talked about some of the predictions we made, and, and uh, I decided for this week that we needed to review a very avant-garde piece of film history with two Oscar winners in it. Because right off the bat, obviously, we know that because there yeah. were two Oscar winners in this, it must be a phenomenal piece of cinema. Well, I thought that, you know, I saw the the, the, the one of the Oscar winners that you had in here, and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to be doing um, uh, God of Monsters. I think that's the name of it. No, no, definitely. Yeah, but that and that's a great one, too. But this one, I think, really just encapsulates the talent of, of all involved. Oh, okay, okay. And it really, uh, really brings us to the forefront. Uh, and that film, of course, is the, the 1992 cinematic classic, uh, Encino Man. <laughs> they fucking talk this shit up like it's <laughs> the greatest thing. Don't get me wrong. Encino Man is an amazing movie, but it's not a masterpiece. <laughs> How dare you? It is a masterpiece. Uh, do you know what the tagline was for when this movie was released? I'm guessing it has something to do with, like, caveman in the 90s whoa kind of yeah uh it was where the stone age meets the rock age jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh so we're gonna dive right in encino man 1992 hey that's the year i was born that was the year you were yeah. born oh my god yeah, are toasticles. you i am uh, i'm dating myself there. you are oh man yeah. now they'll be able to look you up on the internet yeah you you can also look you know us up on the internet and if you like what we're saying right now you can subscribe so you gotta always get our notifications <laughs> look at that plug <laughs> for you. you marketing genius <laughs> so encino man was directed by les mayfield uh who has directed such hits as blue streak um the man with mm -hmm. um samuel jackson and eugene levy oh yeah and flubber with robin williams um Oh no! Oh, Flubber. what is that sigh? Flubber is so awful. Oh, come on! That's. I mean, it's true, but come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're already at a fun fact. Like fun fact number one, right out of the gate. Uh, apparently, Les Mayfield had to kind of prove, and this is, I, I guess, a Disney movie. And mm -hmm. I, never, I didn't really realize that, uh, you know, until I was starting to look at some of the um, the, the show notes of everything that took place with this film, and. Les Mayfield apparently had to prove to Disney that this could be something. Really? And he had to do a short proof of concept version of Encino Man to kind of sell this idea to Disney. And you're going to love this. So in his version, um, and we're going to get to know who some of these, uh, these individuals are mm -hmm, later, mm -hmm. but the, the, the titular character of the Encino Man, the, uh, the, the caveman, yeah. whose uh, his name is Link, was done by Ben Stiller. You're fucking kidding. I swear to God. <laughs> ben Stiller. I like I wish I could find I wish there's footage for like existed somewhere because I would love to watch this. Um so Ben Stiller from obviously, you know, Meet the Parents, uh uh Meet the Fockers, uh, uh Zoolander, you know, very famous uh actor. Mystery Men. Mystery Men. The Dave character, who in this film is played by Sean Astin, played by Keith Coogan. You may not remember this guy. Do you remember a movie called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Yeah. Do you remember the brother? The one that was like kind of lazy and, and kind of a, a, you know, a rocker and then decided to become like a cooking expert because he started watching Julia Child and started making like Belgian waffles. What? What? Yeah, that's Keith Coogan. 
I, I guess I don't remember this. I, I, I don't honestly, know. I don't remember him from a lot of other stuff. That's like literally the only thing. And I, I'm sure somebody could come to me and be like, oh, he was also in this. And I would be like, oh, yeah, right. And of course. But other than that, I don't really remember him. Uh, and then Jeff Maynard played, who was originally called Harold, and we'll get into that. And he was in a, a film called UHF. But just with Ben Stiller and Keith Coogan alone, I would have loved to have seen this proof of concept play out and, and see what that would have looked like. That would have been a lot of fun. Writers and producers. So George Zaloom wrote and produced the film. I looked up his credits. He mostly did like a lot of making of and behind the scenes stuff. I didn't even know that you could like specialize in that, but that's pretty fucking cool to me. Uh, right. Well, well, I mean, they, that. It needs producers. It needs directors. It needs writers. Right. I guess that is a thing you could do. And so, you know, now you and I have a goal. <laughs> See, I want to do the making of and behind the scenes of those really bad sci-fi movies. Like Boa. Okay. See, oh. here's what I want to do. I want to do a making of the making of your film of Boa. I like that. That would be great. <laughs> you know, we sit down, we're like, yeah, we were talking about this, this director, we were talking to this actor. Hey, where's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> the, the theme of this episode is going to be coffee. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Writer Sean Sheps. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, S-C-H-E-P-P-S. She was a writer for the TV show Weeds, uh, the film's uh, Drumline, Son-in-Law. Oh, yeah, great film, uh, great Wait, television show. Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. And she also wrote for Drop Dead Diva. And I think I mentioned that last week because of uh, April Bowlby. So, you know, kind of, you know, everything just kind of comes full circle when it comes I to I think you're films. just mentioning this because I literally watched, or I saw you watch every single episode of this show of drop dead diva yeah oh you were there for that era huh yeah i'm so sorry for that i've been around for like 14 years or something like that i don't oh, think yeah. it's 14 years. i, I, I know i just i i'm i'm sorry you had to be there for that cause... i've been there for your friends i've been there for drop dead diva and now i'm here for psych yeah oh psych is great <laughs> i've been yeah really been enjoying psych recently <laughs> I apparently I don't know how to watch a show when it comes out. I have to wait twenty years and then I can enjoy it. That's yeah. that's my mo. Like film, like yeah, I'll, like I'm gonna go see Dungeons and Dragons probably tonight. But <laughs> like anything else, it's like no, I gotta wait. I gotta wait a couple of decades. So this you're gonna love. So Sean wrote and directed, mm -hmm. and George and Les helped produce a sequel to Encino Man. See, I saw this whenever I pulled up your computer earlier, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And so the film is called Encino Woman. Uh, I believe it was 1996. Mm -hmm. It is available in full on YouTube. <laughs> if that gives you any indication of the quality of this film, it is exactly as bad as you think it that is. That means that no one came in and like was like, hey, we're pulling the copyright. Exactly. They're like, no, nah, just keep it up. <laughs> just <laughs> like, keep it cares? up. Somebody's watching it. <laughs> So it was a made-for-TV movie, and if you think I'm not going to, after this, make you sit down and watch this horrible piece of shit with me, like, I'm not doing this alone. I'm, no, this is, we can both fit on the door. We're, we're doing this. This is like Dark Highway all over again. The movie was so bad. Now let's, uh, let's, let's get to the part we really want to get to. Let's get into this cast. Yeah. Because this is a star-studded cast, which is hilarious, because this really is just a... You know, we talked about throwaway comedies a couple of weeks ago. That's what this is. It was just the studio didn't really want to do it. 
you know, they they weren't super enthused about it, but they figured they could make a buck off it, and they did. They made lots of money off it mm-hmm. because they were trying to capitalize on the whole surfer dude motif that was happening at the time. There was a lot of that, like the California guy thing going on. Yeah, there was. Uh, I think around the same time, there was like Airborne, Surf exactly. Ninjas, all that kind of stuff. Yes, all it, exactly. Which so, we're going to cover both of those. Later. Damn right, we will. <laughs> 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 like how both of our childhoods were were shaped by <laughs> California surfer dude. So right off the bat, we got to talk about him. It's Polly Shore. Yeah, the yes. weasel. The weasel. Which I love because not only is his nickname in the film the weasel, that's actually his actual nickname, the yeah. weasel, because he does that yeah. thing. <laughs> I just so I love Polly Shore in every single role he's ever been in. And he's honestly such a genuine, like, cool dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you find out, like, I and there, he might have some stuff in his past. Mm. I don't know, but... I, I didn't see any controversy like pop up when I was, you know, doing my little research and looking at his Wikipedia. I mean, it might have been there, but, you know, most of the time I'm just looking for, you know, film credits yeah. or other people they've worked with or, you know, the uh, fun facts about the person themselves. Well, he was just made fun of recently, wasn't he? He was. And, and that's what's interesting. So um, there are two Oscar uh, at the time nominees. Now we both know they were winners. Yeah. Uh, in this film alongside Polly Shore. And we're going to get to them in a moment. But Jimmy Kimmel decided to take a take kind of a poke at, at Polly Shore, and it, you know it wasn't that bad. It was like you know I, I can't remember the exact joke he made. It, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I think unfortunately Jimmy Kimmel is kind of the the bland guy you go with. <laughs> you know, when Chris Rock gets the shit slapped out of him, that's that's what you do. So Polly Shore kind of responded to this, and he's like, I don't get it, man. Like, why is there? But he's he's just kind of like people always making fun of me. Like, what what the hell, man? I'm just I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I don't know. I don't get it. And then he, of course, gave accolades to the two uh, Oscar nominees slash winners because mm-hmm. you know he's he he's like, yeah, of course I'm happy for them. This is awesome. I'm so glad they made it this far. And and it's funny because you know and you know what? we'll get to more more Polly Shore yeah. and, along with these two later. Um. But uh, now that now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> well, I mean, there there was some good movies he was in. He was in like Biodome and stuff like that, wasn't he? Let's not say good. <laughs> See, okay, so nineties good. They were they were fun nineties comedies, and he had a series of those, right? Like what what else was he in? I can't, I can't remember a couple. Oh, of those. we've got you know Biodome, Son in Law, uh, Jury Duty, In the Army. Now they were yeah, all those very... were like the the reign of the nineties, and apparently that was kind of part of the deal to get him signed on to this film was he told uh the uh, you know the uh, uh the main like guy at disney uh jeff uh, i want to say foxworthy no not the no, not foxworthy <laughs> no it was he was not a redneck so his his way of kind of getting into this deal was he signed on for like a three movie deal and i think it included some oh, of those okay. films that you're talking about like uh like son-in-law and i think probably either jury duty or in the mm-hmm. army now and then, of course, like you said, he had Biodome. But then the Goofy movie and the recent think, Pinocchio one he was in. I don't think that was part of this. But, yeah, he's still working. You know, yeah. he's still doing stuff. He's I think he's like owns a comedy club in California yeah. now. And he's a, like he, he regularly performs there. So, you know, he's he's still hooking and jabbing. See, I think we're going to have to cover Pauly Shore later on. I think we'll we'll save a lot of the fun facts that I know about Pauly Shore for that, but yeah, I think we need to cover him because he, he's an interesting, just fun character. He is. And when I think of the 90s, I would say that he comes up almost immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's an interesting juxtaposition of the California dude because you also have like your Bam Margeras, which were much more like, yeah. I'm a badass skater. And then Polly's just like, what's up, buddy? Yeah, we'll have to talk about the lingo <laughs> later because this movie is so great. All right, sorry, moving on, sorry. Moving on. 
So uh, I'll also note he actually was nominated for uh, Worst Newcomer at the Razzies for this movie. Really? I mean, it, this movie was not critically acclaimed, obviously. Yeah. It's, it's not that kind I mean, of movie. It's, it's a throwaway comedy. It's a throwaway comedy. And I, didn't, I realized I haven't even said the plot. The plot is a couple of California high school teenagers discover a caveman in ice in their backyard who thaws out. And is still somehow alive because that's how ice works. Well, they do it with a bunch of space heaters too, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly how they thaw them out. So they they thaw them out and then they take them to high school. That's the plot of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just just to mention that, by the way. So next we have uh, Sean Astin. Uh, Sean Astin. Who plays... Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, Polly plays Stoney. Yeah. So yeah, he's, his nickname in the film is The Weasel, but I'm going to be referring to him as Stoney because that's... Oh! <laughs> buddy <laughs> for anybody that's not familiar with Polly's Shore you may just want to go hop over to YouTube real yeah, quick just real quick just look up some Polly Shore stuff um John Aston uh he plays Dave Morgan mm-hmm. and uh, god the amount of talent and career here is is just amazing i mean we're talking about a guy that was in Sam in the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogies one of his first early, you know, films where he, you know, gained absolute megastardom was The Goonies. He was Rudy in Rudy. Love Rudy. And of course, for some of the newer generation, they'll probably remember him as Bob Newby on Stranger Things, the the very lovable character Bob Newby. See, I always remember him in a very special role. Um, it's probably the biggest role that he's ever played in my, in like in his life. It was Doug in Fifty First Dates. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest role. <laughs> is that the one where he has a lisp yeah. <laughs> he's like for some reason he's always in like a, a mesh cut like sleeveless shirt <laughs> god <laughs> he would bring that <laughs> poor shot aston uh and next uh very excited for this one um, mm. and this is our first uh oscar nominee slash winner from the 2023 oscars brendan fraser Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser. He's, he, he knows where I live if I, if I <laughs> pronounce that wrong, apparently. And he, of course, plays our uh, our title character. He is Link the Caveman. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Fraser, uh, man, this is uh, such a, you know, a, a comeback story. But from the 90s, we have movies like The Mummy, uh, the entire trilogy, uh, School Ties, Airheads, George of the Jungle, Blast from the Past, Bedazzled. He had a recurring role on Scrubs oh, yeah. as um, Dr. Cox's brother-in-law mm-hmm. from his marriage to Jordan. You know, just he was a, a force to be reckoned with in the 90s and, early, and, and very early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we have a problem that hits. And we can't talk about Brendan Fraser without talking about that problem. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, is the issue that took place in 2003 when he was uh, sexually assaulted by Philip Burke. Of the uh, Hollywood uh, Press Association, uh, Foreign Press Association, yeah. excuse me, and this put a damper on his career, and I think it caused him a lot of emotional issues that he had to try to work through. And he was, you know, this this made it hard for him not only emotionally to work, but I think he also had some physical issues. Is that, mm. am, I, am I remembering that correctly? Well, there's something that happened with his back. I yeah, that, that. Yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that was from like the Mummy films. Yeah, or I think maybe so. George of the Jungle. I can't remember, but a lot of stuff he was trying to deal with. You know, from 2003 until fairly recently, we didn't get to see a lot from Brendan Fraser. He has credits. He was still working, but, you know, it was mostly one-offs here and there. Nothing really big that, you know, we could mention. 
then a few years ago he he lands Doom Patrol. Yeah. And he plays it amazingly, obviously. He you know, he does a phenomenal job and it's it's kind of a deep character, you know, it's a man that's taken out of his own body and put into the body of a robot and mm-hmm. has to you know, come to grips with that. Uh and you know, this is a this is a comic book film or a comic book show, but he's still you know, still thinking, hey, we're right back to April Bowl. <laughs> hey. And then 2022, he is given the role in The Whale, which you had yeah, mentioned before. So good. Absolutely incredible film. And not only was it an incredible film and piece of performance that we as the audience could enjoy, the Academy recognized it, and he was awarded the best actor. So after everything he's been through, we start with Encino Man, <laughs> we get all the way to here, and he has he has shown us that he is still that force to be reckoned with, and it's just such a incredible comeback story. Well, didn't you mention that um you know Philip Beck or Philip Burke was the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association? D- didn't you mention to me that they run the Golden Globes and it had something to do with that's why he didn't attend this that's year? Ex- yeah, that's exactly yeah. why. Um, so they I believe Philip Burke was dismissed from the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association okay. at some point, but the Hollywood Foreign Press has never really acknowledged or apologized for what happened to to brendan and so he didn't attend i mean by all means i fully understand yeah absolutely see i wonder if that ties back to why he didn't win the golden globe for the best actor because he did win the academy award but he didn't win best actor for golden globes that doesn't make any sense because traditionally yeah i mean think it was austin butler i think the one for elvis which don't get me wrong elvis was was a great movie but Typically, if you win the Golden Globe for Best Actor, you're almost a shoe-in for the Academy Award. It's typically how that follows. And I, I think there are some examples where that's not the case, yeah. but I think you're typically right. that that's It's usually kind of a, a fairly steady pipeline, mm. but I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I imagine you know they gave him the nomination, and I don't, I don't know if that nomination was because they were you know this was their way of saying yeah we get it but we you know we still think you did great or if it was them simply being unable to not recognize his incredible contribution to performance that year well i'm wondering if it's a thing too that if they could would they have not have given him the nod but they that's could a, just not give him that's the a nod. good question and you know maybe they just didn't know maybe they did maybe they you know obviously this thing had happened yeah and they were aware of it and they've clearly refused to speak on it or and, you know, they, they allowed Philip Burke to keep his job for you know decades after yeah. this happened, you know, despite Brendan's objections and his complaints. You know, I, I don't know. And I, I don't I don't know how much more I want to speculate on this, yeah, but, yeah. you know, just because of the, the topic at hand. But the, the major point here is Brendan Fraser has come back with a fucking oh, vengeance. Yeah. And I am loving Fraser Mania right now. I'm loving it. Like, well, like it's so great to be able to see this new generation of just loving Brendan Fraser and realizing the wholesomeness that he is and his his great relationship with his kids and you know everything that makes Brendan Fraser the incredible human he is. Well, that's why I think it's interesting that you said with the vengeance because I'm like, can he even have vengeance? Because he's just I don't he's, he's the most lovable guy. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's capable. He's yeah, it's a good point. Very good point. So we have a lot of fun facts about Brendan from this film, and I love it. First off. Two things apparently made Fraser stand out for this film. One was he wrestled a plant in his audition. (laughs) That's hilarious. I I don't know how that played out, but I would have loved to have seen it. The other was actually just more the producers kind of seeing this in him. They said he possessed this innate innocence. Yeah. 
which means yeah right it, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about like he doesn't seem like he could be a vengeful guy uh, which is weird because in the mummy he plays a very hard ass, you know, chiseled yeah. adventurer Indiana Jones style, which is great. It's it shows his range, right? But they thought he had a look that said he was truly perceiving the world of the 20th century through the first time. And I thought I thought that was just an interesting, you know, take on Brendan Fraser as an individual. Yeah, I, you know what? Thinking of like the blast in the past, he does. He can do that very well. Where yeah. he's like seeing something for the first time. So it's interesting you say that. Encino Man is considered by fans of Brendan Fraser as uh, the first. In Fraser. His, fra- I'm going to keep fucking that up, aren't I? Yeah. Fraser. <laughs> he's going to come for you. He's going to come for me. He's gonna, But, you know, he's going to come and he's going to have cookies and he's be like, please stop. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Brendan. Please hug me and never let me go. <laughs> um, so Encino Man is considered by his fans as the first of the Himbo Trilogy. Himbo. Yes, like himbo. Like, you know, you know there's the term, that, not, that really kind of demeaning term, bimbo. Yeah. Himbo is like, you know, a, a good-looking man that's, you know, also very, you know, kind of innocent and cool and mm. doesn't really understand the world going around him, doesn't doesn't know how hunky he is. Uh, movies, and the way they describe it. Yeah. yeah. I could see that now. This, George of the Jungle, and Blast in the Past, where yeah. it's like all of those oh my god you totally called both of them that was it those are the three yeah <laughs> yeah so those are the the himbo trilogy <laughs> where he's the hot guy that's unaware of how hot he is okay and they, they yeah they like this is this is a big thing in his fandom okay. of, of the himbo trilogy apparently nicholas cage and jim carrey were both considered for the role of link I couldn't see either of them. Yeah, I, the face you just made, the that 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 scrunchy cringe face. Yeah, that's exactly what I the thought. Fizz face. The fizz. Yeah, fizz. Fizz. What yeah. Is, oh, what is what is this? Like whenever you see something so stanky, you just got to make this face. This face. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Where do you get this shit from? The internet. <laughs> There's like a there's a funny meme of Obama doing the this face and it's just hilarious. I'll nice. show it to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna need to yeah. see that. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see that either. It definitely not a casting I would have thought of. Nice, <laughs> nice. AJ has just showed me the Obama this face. Very nice. Well done, well done, Mr. President. Hold on a second, I gotta get water or something. That's not a water. That's a diet coke. It's got water in it. <laughs> um, so this is interesting. I knew he had done this for son-in-law, but I didn't realize he had also done it for in the army. Now, uh, Fraser reprises his role as Link in both of those movies for Does just like he these really re- yeah for like quick cameos. And I just thought that was so much fun. I, I don't know. I don't know if that what that says. I don't know if that says that him and Polly Shore just remained really good friends, and Polly just thought it'd be fun to insert him in. But I love that Brendan, who is in this time becoming this like mega star is still just like, no, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my buddy Polly and do some of the, do some of his goof movies. Oh yeah. He was the, the, when Polly Shore was dressed up as a banana person. Banana person. There's like, he was wearing like the Chiquita banana outfit and like yeah. Link like eats the fruit off of his hat. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I remember that now. Okay. Holy yeah. Crap, I totally forgot sense. about that. Wait, no, that was jury duty. Wasn't it? No, that was in the army. Now I thought. Was that in the army now? I could have swore that was jury duty. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of when he just dressed up like a woman in, in the jury duty, and then he goes in to try to talk to the guy, and a very awkward scene takes place. I don't remember this. Okay. I, I don't want to re-traumatize you with this. <laughs> One other interesting fact about 
Sean Astin and Brendan Fraser, uh, apparently neither of them really were super enthused about signing on to this film. Really? So Fraser at the time had just got done with School Ties, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for anybody that's not familiar. Dark, uh, it's not dark, sorry. It's, it's a, a very, very serious, deep. It's a very deep, deep serious deep. film about a, a, a guy that's, he doesn't come from wealth. He comes from, you know, a, a fairly middle class background. But he's very good at football, so he's invited to go to this yeah. um, private school. Academy, yeah. yeah, preparatory academy. The problem is that he's Jewish, yeah, and people find out that he's Jewish, and they basically start kind of messing with him. Yeah, because the you find out that almost the entire school is anti-Semitic. Oh yeah, it's it's really bad. So it's a very it's a very hard film to watch, and you know it's got uh, it's actually got uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Uh, I think Ethan Hawke's in it too, isn't he? No, 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 uh, he's not, not. Ethan Hawke. Uh, but yeah, there's there's quite yeah, a few, yeah there's quite a few well known yeah names quite there. a few well known famous people in this film, and that's where Fraser saw himself as a performer, serious a serious guy. So then they come to him with this, and he's kind of like I think I'm more of a serious thespian. But they were able to convince him, and I, I don't really think I found anything that suggested mm. why Brendan signed on. But apparently that helped. You Sean, mean Sean? No, Brendan signed on, and then Sean found out that Brendan signed on. Was like okay, I, oh, I, okay. I, I might okay. be more interested in this. He didn't sign on right away. Because I believe Sean Astin's exact words were that the script was, quote-unquote, a piece of shit. <laughs> um, he wasn't wrong, but... <laughs> I mean, it's so... It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, Sean signed... And actually, it's, and this is kind of messed up, but we got to talk about it. He found out Polly Shore was going to be involved. And and Astin didn't know anything about Polly Shore. And mm-hmm. I think in retrospect, Astin would probably be like, yeah, that was... That was something I thought about him when I first saw him, and obviously I prejudged him. Yeah. Because clearly they seem to have a good relationship now. But when he first went and checked out who Polly Shore was from like his MTV VJ days to see the kind of person that was, yeah. had signed on to this, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this film. <laughs> <laughs> but they they promised him like a, a three-option deal. They gave him a, a directing project. They upped the money, and then eventually Sean Astin's like, sure, I'll sign yeah. on. You know, This guy was a big star at the time, obviously. They really wanted him to be in the role. So it made sense. So now we're going to get to finally move on to some of the other people that were in this film that are not our our major stars, but definitely still, you know, good supporting cast here. So we have Megan Ward, who plays Robin Sweeney. She's the love interest, Mm. you know. She was in uh, PCU. Do you remember that one? No. That's the the college one with, uh, what is his name? The Jeremy guy from Entourage. Nope. All right, then. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, She was in Joe's Apartment, Dark Skies. And she has like a slew of TV appearances. Yeah. Like you'll you'll see her all over the place. Um, then we have Robin Tooney, who plays Ella, which is Robin's best friend in mm-hmm, the film. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you'll recognize her. She was in The Craft, uh, Empire Records, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She was in a good chunk of the Prison Break television show, uh, as well as The Mentalist. Yeah. So pretty pretty famous uh, actor there. And then Michael DeLuise. <laughs> Can you take a wild guess whose son he is? Does it start with a D? It does start yeah. with a D. Oh, it okay. starts with a D and ends with an om. Ah. Delam. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Delam DeLuise. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael DeLuise, son of Dom DeLuise. This is honestly one of the only films I literally remember him from, but apparently he was in Wayne's World. I don't remember him from that, but I do remember him from Gilmore Girls. He plays Luke's sister's husband though so you know and and he's kind of fun he's an interesting you know addition to the cast he's a goofy bastard he is but you know in this film he's our school bully and robin's boyfriend Mm -hmm. so now these next 
three are not major players in the cast at all. They have very small roles, but they are all three very much worth mentioning. First, we have Ki Huan Quan, and he plays uh, a character called Kim. And I think everybody's going to remember that this is the other Oscar winner major Mm -hmm, comeback mm -hmm. story. Most recently, he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once, for which he was awarded the Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards. Uh, He was also in The Goonies. So this is actually his... This is the only time... So him with Sean Astin, there's a couple scenes where they appear together. It is the only time that two of the cast members from the original Goonies have appeared together. Really? Wasn't that crazy? That is interesting. I didn't think that would be possible. Like, because you've got so many stars in there. Like, you're telling me two of these guys never got in the same room together for an acting project ever again? That's nuts. That's interesting to me. You don't, like, I almost want to look this, like, dig really deep and try to disprove this, because it just seems impossible. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, though. It does. You're right. It does. They all went very different directions. Wait, they're talking about the core group of the Goonies, like the actual Goonies, right? That's my assumption, yes. Like, I, I don't know if they're including, you know, every swinging dick that was involved in the Goonies. But yeah, that's my understanding is that the core cast, uh, the main cast of the Goonies, no two of them have ever really acted in the same scenes together in a film before again, except for these two. And that was in Encino Man. Um, And the amazing part is he won his award recently, you know, after being in Everything Everywhere all at once after a 20 year furlough i remember reading about that whenever i was looking him up i think he he stopped acting like 2002 and then he comes back with this and his his speech at the awards was you know it was amazing it was moving it was incredible and it was just it's just been such an awesome experience seeing his return to performing it just such a cool story uh next rose mcgowan yeah yes charmed (laughs) that's right Charmed, Doom Generation. She was also apparently in Biodome. Did you know this? I don't remember. Yeah, she was. Who was she in Biodome? Um, I think she was. Was she one of the the main girls? I don't know because the main girls were Joey Lawrence, and who was the the other one? Was it Rose McGowan? I don't remember. I don't remember her in Biodome at all. But she was also in Jawbreaker, The Grindhouse, and this was actually her first film. So, really? Yeah. I mean, she had a couple of credits before this, but I think they were like television or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is her first film. And she really just plays these like, she's part of this couple of like pairing of girls that's just admiring Link from afar and just offering context of like the transition of people thinking he's weird to people thinking Link is the coolest guy in school. Yeah. That's it. That's like her only purpose for existing in this film. So how long after this did Scream come out? Because she was in Scream as well. When was when was Scream? Was that not, wasn't that like 1996? I, I I don't know. You're really gonna make me look this up right now? Wait, she was in Scream. Yeah, she was in Scream. You're in Scream. 1996. Yeah. So I guess that was the year yeah. for her. So, it was yeah, 1996. Four years later. So yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that was her first film. And then I do want to mention this guy, uh, Rick Ducommon, uh, and he plays the teacher, Mr. Brush. I'm assuming he's not very common. Oh, he's incredibly common. <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, he's not very common anymore. He did pass away in 2015. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. And I'm sorry. I did actually say three. There's actually a couple more in here I forgot about. Uh, and these guys are amazing. I can't wait to talk about them. But So Rick Common. The reason I'm bringing him up is you definitely know who this guy is. Like, you've seen him. You ha- If you've watched a movie, if you watched a movie prior to 2015, you saw him in something. Uh, he was in Groundhog's Day. He was in Spaceballs. He was in The Burbs with Tom Hanks, mm. Die Hard, Little Monsters, Hunt for Red October, Class Act, Gremlins 2, The Last Boy Scout. He was in everything. 
He was just, uh, the, the man loved to work. And he was in some really big titles with some really big names. And I just thought it was really cool that he appeared in this film. And I, you know, I just loved the fact that, you know, I, this is a, a, a yeah. face that I recognize constantly, but I never realized what his name is because he's, he does a great job of like, hey, I'm going to be the fill-in guy for this type of scene. Go ahead and put me where you need me. But you're never going to know who I am because I'm never going to be the main guy in a film. Well, what's funny is that we just talk, we literally just had a conversation about Scream. Um, he was the the parody of the dad in Scary Movie. Yes, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, next one, and I love this. It's Eric Avari plays uh, Raji, the convenience store mm-hmm. worker. Uh, convenience store worker one, we'll call him. Uh, and he was in The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Uh, he's, he's uh, I think, like the uh, one of the museum guys. Oh, okay. You know, okay. The, yeah. He was also in Mr. Deeds. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That guy. He was the um, the curator of the museum in The Mummy 2. Yes. Yes. That's him. Yeah. That's him. 152 credits in a variety of TV shows. Just, you know, he he's very recognizable. A uh, little bit typecast, unfortunately, mm. but, you know, I just thought it was so cool that he was in this movie, and I had completely forgotten that he was in this. And the final one, and I'm only mentioning this for the one credit, <laughs> it's uh, Jerry Bednop, and he's got plenty of, you know, credits to his name, but he plays the other convenience store worker, Kashmir. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Mooj from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. The guy's like... <laughs> yeah, like, the, the quote that we make all the time. <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, the whole the whole speech Mooj gives in Forty Year Old Virgin is just it's so awful yeah. and so wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I had to include him because like, oh my god, that's Mooj from Forty Year Old Virgin. Holy shit! Yeah. And I just and realized I completely messed up the the last actor. By the way, he was just in the first mummy, not the second mummy. Right, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're on track. So now we uh, before we get into the actual film. And, you know, we're, we're almost there. I promise. We're almost there. We're yeah, we're there. getting there, guys. We're getting there. We got to talk about the lingo. Yeah. Oh, my God. And there's actually a name for this. Have you heard of it? I think I said it. Polyspeak. Polyspeak. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't know we had a, a, a moniker for this. Mm-hmm. So, Polly Shore was a California dude forced to be reckoned with in the 90s. And he had a very unique way of talking. A lot of times it was just kind of like sounds like, you know, the whole, the weasel thing. <laughs> or that's what he did or he would just be like buddy you know he would really draw his words out yeah. and that was his thing it's the leaning tower of cheesa and that's how he spoke well he also had kind of his own language little words that he would use and so we're going to go through some of these uh and aj i think i think it's time for another round of can aj guess what it means yeah okay i'm not even gonna look i know the notes i yeah I've, you put those notes down all right yeah, all right yeah, we're gonna see how well you're you're Poly, let's see how well you can poly speak. Okay. Crusty. Uh, that means you're you're gross. Yeah, like you know you're you know you're, you're unkept or maybe and not even necessarily gross. Like you are physically gross. No, it just means you're looking a little disheveled right now. Looking disheveled, or it can also just mean that from a popularity standpoint. Because in this film, she goes, she thinks you're crusty, Dave. It's because she thinks he is unworthy. So it, it yeah. can really just it can kind of mean unworthy as well. Clean. It means you look you look nice. Yeah, you look hot. Yeah, yeah. hot. Yeah, she is so clean. <laughs> uh, melon. I think that was your head. Head. Beak. Uh, that's your nose. Yeah. Wheezing or to wheeze. Uh, this is very specific because it means that you are. I, I don't know if he does it with everything, but he's wheezing the jet 
O's. Always in the J-O's. And it's whenever you like stick your mouth underneath the uh, the nozzle of a Slurpee <laughs> and you're drinking it. That is a very specific example. And you're on the right track. It means to partake in or take advantage of. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that I'm like, I didn't, I'm, I'm giving these exa- this these definitions myself. I didn't look this up. So this is me Websterizing polyspeak right oh, okay, now. Okay. I just, I want that noted. Uh, Betty. A woman. A woman, yeah. Cones, gazongas, or nugs? Um, those are, I think they're, they're mammary glands. That, that is <laughs> <laughs> such a nice way to put it. Yes, those would be, uh, women's breasts. Yes. Uh, grindage. Food. Food. Yeah. I say this all the time, though. Uh, don't tax my gig so hardcore, cruster. Um, don't get mad at me, sir. Kinda, yeah. Don't get on my case so much. Yeah. Don't don't tax my gig so hardcore, Cruster. <laughs> uh, and then of course, Gracie. Um, you look nice. Kinda. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, get get uh, put in. A, can you use it in the form of sins. <laughs> you fuck! Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> so- so when they first see Link, he looks at me and goes, Dad, he is so gracey. Country of origin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Polyland. I don't fucking uh, uh, I don't know. Hot. I don't know. Hot, I don't know. Yes. Uh, uh, buff or attractive. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Country of origin. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, God. Uh, uh, interestingly... And, and this kind of comes into the Polly speak. The filmmakers actually offered the role of Link, the caveman, to Polly Shore originally, which Polly Shore didn't think really made sense because, you know, he felt he realized that the, the caveman doesn't really speak much. Right. And he's mm-hmm. only going to be really repeating things other people say. And he actually thought the film would lose the appeal of his humor and his unique Polly speak. So they rewrote the original char- character of Harold as Stony Brown, and mm. they gave that role to Link to uh, Interesting. Polly. So yeah, I just I thought that was fun that the character we see Polly Shore playing in this film was pretty much written for him because the original character was nothing like Stony. Interesting. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty neat. And before we uh, jump right into the plot here, I'm just going to note that uh, what do you think this film was called in Europe? Didn't did we have a a thing like this? We were just watching the no, we were watching a series where it was like alternatives yeah. to movies. Yeah. Um, Iceman. Mm. I think that would have been a good one, but no, it was actually California Man, <laughs> because apparently they thought nobody in Europe would know what the fuck Encino was. Uh, I have, I have my own little Polly speak for you. Oh, give me some Because Pauly that's speak. one of my favorite quotes in the whole movie. Let's have it. If you're edge because I'm wheezing enough, your grind is just chill, because if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing happen at my pad, i go grind over there. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> He's saying, if you're upset that I'm constantly coming over and eating all your food, just chill, because if my parents were cool like your parents and had this whole really nice house thing going on, I'd be eating at home instead. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I just, that's my favorite quote in the home. I'm going to be a Polly Short translator. I'm going to do this a job. <laughs> Polly, reach out to my people. Have my people talk to your people. <laughs> no, but for real, if you ever want to come on this podcast, for sure, we'd have you in no, a second. Yeah, I, I'd fucking, I would, I would totally grind on, or I he would could, totally. He could grind on some toast. <gasps> he could munch on some, some toast grindage. Oh my 
Wait, God, yeah, that was yeah. so bad. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into the plot. So here we go. Getting into the plot. First off, they had seven million dollars and thirty-three days to shoot this film. That's it. That's it. Oh my they, god! I told you this. This the Disney didn't have a lot of confidence in this film. They they this was a very much going to be a throwaway comedy. They're like, yeah, just go to Encino and shoot the damn thing. Pretty much, right? And the film winds up making forty million for them. They wind up quadrupling their freaking money. It's like, come on, you got you got Paulie Shore, Brendan Fraser, Fraser, and and Sean Astin. What what do you, you guys think was going to happen? Of course, you're going to make money. It's outstanding. <laughs> come on now, come with me, AJ, as we open in the Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> Not feeling it. All right, fine. No. So we're in the Ice Age, and there's Brendan Fraser, and he's chilling with his, as Polly puts it, his cave nug. <laughs> Which is weird, because now that we know Polly speak, we know that means cave boob. I don't... That It's okay. Just seems just seems, diminutive, just seems diminishing, but that's fine. So he's chilling, when he's chilling in the cave with, you know, what appears to be a cave woman. Uh, an earthquake happens, and he gets buried. And... As, of course, we're going to find out, he's clearly encapsulated in ice at this point, and this is, you know, this is what preserves mm-hmm. him. Uh, I will make a note, though. Uh, this is just something I know. That's not a thing. If a person becomes encapsulated in ice, it causes their blood cells to expand, mm-hmm. which would make it impossible for you to be reanimated. That's why we can't do it that way. If you're Brendan Fraser, it works. Well, yeah, okay. If you're Brendan Fraser, the the laws of physics don't apply to you. The laws of <laughs> biology are in, inapplicable. So fast forward, uh, and Samwise Gamey, uh, Gamey is awoken by an what earthquake. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> so Sean Astin, or Samwise uh, Gamgee? Gamgee is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Okay, I clearly watched those films. <laughs> I actually did, but it's been what twenty years since those came out. Yeah. Like, oh my god, this is not that movie. This is not that movie. So, uh, so we 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 are now in the quote unquote present, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety two, for our purposes here. Uh, and our and Sean Aston, Dave, he's in bed. He's awoken by an earthquake, and we're gonna see that the earthquake is what kind of helps bring along certain plot points mm. in in the film. Oh, we and, and the film moves really fast. So if if you think that you're like, wait a minute, did we miss something here? Is there a continuity error? No, we just kind of move right. Yeah, it's on. It, it's a really quick, quick movie. It is. Flash to Dave is now in his backyard in a giant hole because he's digging a pool because he thinks that you know he'll be able to make a lot of friends at prom in his senior year because this is his senior year of high school it, it didn't like the the thing was with his parents like he had to dig the pool by himself they wouldn't build one but he could do it himself i don't remember if they even have that i think they were all, honestly just annoyed that it was happening but they just didn't want to be involved oh, okay. the parents seem very like i don't want to get too deep into the parents but they, <laughs> but they, they just they were kind of like they just don't care. They're 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 very busy. They were nineties parents. Lives. Yeah, they're nineties. Uh, you know, hands off parents. They don't care what's going on in their kids' lives. Like, please leave me alone. I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to build a career here, right? So, Polly Shore comes in and you know joins him, but he's not going to help him dig the hole because in this, Polly Shore is very kind of a you know this, he's a surfer guy. He's a surfer dude, but he's also very opposed to manual labor. Mm-hmm. You can tell that, which is kind of fun. So, in these five minutes, we kind of get a data dump. Sean Astin and Polly Shore are losers. Their high school, you know, their high school time is ending. Aston wants to go out with a bang. Aston also wants to take someone who we're going to find out is Robin Sweeney to the prom, and he's digging the pool because somehow this will be the key to all of this. Why do you keep calling him Aston? I thought his name was Dave. Well, Dave Aston. I mean, I'm you know I'm going to interchange these constantly <laughs> to confuse our audience because that's just the thing I do. And then, uh, according to Stony or Polly Shore, 
uh, according to Stoney, uh, Robin finds Dave crusty. So mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Because that's, remember, crusty is not good. She finds you crusty, Dave. <laughs> so now we cut to class. And a teacher is telling us about Cro-Magnon Man. And the reason we're doing this is literally to set up the fact that we're about to meet a Cro-Magnon Man. Yeah. It's literally why we're doing it. And what he's saying is that the Cro-Magnon Man would have been indistinguishable from modern day humans. That's what he's telling us. Mm-hmm. And that's our setup, you know, to say, hey, by the way, we're about to introduce a character who's a caveman, but this is why it's okay that he looks exactly like everybody else and nobody can tell that he's a fucking caveman. So now we're back at the pool and we discover a in the pool is a bowl. And uh, apparently Stoney's aversion to manual labor does not translate to his intelligence because he's like, he like super loves Jeopardy. And apparently yeah. that's just a thing with Polly Shore. Like he also did that in uh, uh, Jury Duty. Mm. And he just, he likes integrating Jeopardy. I don't know if he's just a really big Jeopardy fan himself or what. Because yeah, he doesn't like the exact type of bowl that he yeah. finds. Yeah, t- exactly. Yeah, he says this is the bowl. Uh, and then, of course, we find Brendan Fraser on ice. Because that's just awesome. Who wouldn't mm. want to find a Brendan Fraser in their backyard? I would. I, I I wouldn't want him in my backyard. I want him at my dinner table. But that, well, that's yeah. Me. I mean, I don't I don't want him to be uncomfortable. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. I don't want him to be. I don't want him to have to be in ice or buried in the backyard. Like, not who wouldn't want to find a Brendan Fraser in their house? Let's yeah, say exactly. That. There we go. So they decide to thaw him out, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> well, with I thought, years, <laughs> I thought that the, what they wanted. I don't. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It wasn't it that they were trying to sell him to a museum though. Because he that, wanted to get money for something. That was the idea, and he's that's how he convinces Stony. That's how Dave convinces Stony to like come yeah, on this journey with him. Because he's like, because he's like, we he's could like, sell him. We could get yes. Yeah. You tell me you couldn't use a a new scooter, some new bell bottoms, a little fun stage, wheeze some older nugs with a mansion and a pool, soaking up the rays. Watching all the jeopardy you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, exactly. So that was the idea was to sell it because, you know, they're probably thinking the same thing. Anybody would be thinking the things, this, the, the being that is encapsulated nice here is not alive. No, he's obviously dead. So first they think to thaw him out, which is interesting because I think in our modern day lens, you would sit there to think to yourself, don't thaw him out. Are you insane? That'll like completely destroy the integrity of the fine. Exactly. So it's interesting that their thought was, oh, no, we got to get him out of the ice. We got to thaw him out first. (laughs) So they stick him in the garage with heaters all around him because that's how you thaw 30,000 or 2 million, whatever the number is. I don't know. I'm not looking that up. I refuse. (laughs) So two things simultaneously happen here. So Dave is at school and we're getting introduced to the bully. The bully confronts him because he's talking to Robin, heaven forbid, and confronts him in the hallway and and staples him to a wall and then pulls the fire alarm so that everybody will come out and see him stapled to the wall. While that's happening, we as the audience get to see that Link, or the person who's going to become Link, Brennan Fraser, our caveman, has thawed, and he's woken up in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of going around, and and <laughs> in the scene, let's see here, he attacks a mailman, he attacks a garbage truck, he watches the Terminator, he learns an aboriginal dance, and he finger paints all the walls in Dave's house. Well, I never understood why he was so, like, dirty. I didn't get that part. I assume he was like it was like supposed to be like clay or something like that on him. I don't know. I don't know if it was. I didn't really understand that either because clearly the suggestion is that he was. I mean, maybe we're trying to suggest that he was maybe like an Aboriginal, 
I don't really know how that would have shifted to Florida. Like, I that's the thing. I'm going to suspend it. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm I not going to try to explain. It's Encino, man. I yeah, why Brendan Fraser. I'm also not going to try to explain why Bre- he's a fucking s- white as snow Brendan Fraser <laughs> from the from that era. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense to me either. But suffice it to say, he, he's going around causing some major havoc. So the boys get home, and they, of course, discover all this is going on. They th- At first, they think that the body is gone. They think that it just completely melted because there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And then as they start going around the house, they realize, you know, I'm based off the symbols we see on the wall. They don't, they don't go this deep, obviously. It's just kind of they scream because it's a 90s mm-hmm. movie. But I think the subtext is saying, you know, Watson, based off the scribblings on the wall, I do believe that our caveman has reanimated. <laughs> he's in the house and he's like jumping around and he's kind of being aggressive and they're a little scared right well, he's like building a fucking fire in his room he, he was, was trying, trying to yeah <laughs> he was trying to the caveman gets kind of you know wide-eyed and starts to like charge at dave and we're kind of seeing this from dave's perspective like you know the camera's mm. moving in on dave and then out of nowhere a lighter comes up because stony has like put a lighter in front mm. of dave's face and clicked it so that the fire comes out and Brendan is the caveman is just mesmerized. He's like, ooh, fire. Because, you know, he, he, he has to work really hard yeah, to make fire. he's just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's his noises grunts. are great. He's like, oh, ah, ah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about that. Apparently, Brendan got his inspiration for, you know, kind of the way he went about this because he wasn't really able to speak mm-hmm. from Buster Keaton really isn't that fun yeah i was like okay yeah that's a good way to go about yeah, it. Go like back to, you know silent film era makes sense so stony placates him with a lighter and he's you know he says one of those famous lines he is so greasy of course discovering this millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever it is year old individual in their home they do what anyone would do they set about to bathe him clothe him enroll him in high school yeah as you do as so, you do with as, one does, yeah. as one does as one does and Fraser actually, do you remember, you know, that he's like popping the, the bath beads in his yeah. mouth? Like apparently he was actually doing that. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he barely had a little bucket like by the, the bathtub and he was like spitting them out for each of the takes. That's hilarious. <laughs> the man is the man is committed to his art. Yeah, he right? is. He's a true thespian. So they decided to name him Link, as in missing Link. Uh, do you remember this concept from the 90s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. I should probably explain that to our, our audience. So in the 90s, we were really starting to make strides with uh, building the body of evidence for evolution. And there was always this concept of the quote-unquote missing link in evolution, like the thing that didn't allow us to bridge the gap between, uh, you know, ape and man, what have you. We've obviously since been able to bridge those gaps uh, by finding more archaeological evidence, but that was the moniker that was given to that idea of the the missing piece of our evolutionary line. It was called the missing link. Well, Bigfoot is always called the missing link because they're like, yeah, that would be what. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Too. Yes. And yeah, Bigfoot is obviously uh, referred to that as well. Absolutely. So, you know, they've got him in the clothes and they're like super baggy because that was just kind of the style. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fun fact. Fraser, did you know this? He's six foot three. Yeah. I did not know that. He's a giant. He is a giant of a man. And apparently they had clothes set out for him to, you know, put on him, make him look baggy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he gets on set and they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. Because <laughs> he's too damn big. <laughs> so uh, Marie France, who is the uh, costume designer on the, the film, she had to specially create clothes for Fraser to make this work. Because he's so big. Because he's just so huge. That's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. That's so awesome. great, though. <laughs> 
Uh, they convince the parents, uh, because obviously they're going to come home mm. and they discover him. They convince him that he's an exchange student. And this kind of goes back to what you were talking earlier, how they, they don't really seem to be involved in the, the, the lives of their children. Yeah. They're able to convince them that he's an exchange student and that they totally told them about it at some point. See, they, so they gaslit the whole fucking oh, parents. they fucking yeah. totally did, yeah. And the parents are just like, I think I do remember something about this. It's like, you know, I do. <laughs> well, he's like, you know, we, he's got to stay here, you know, blah, blah, blah. I remember this. Ugh. I don't think it was this scene. I think it was later, but, uh, you know, there are some dinner scenes that take place at home because mm. uh, obviously we want to see the hilarity that ensues when the caveman tries to eat at the dinner table. Yeah. Do you remember him eating dog food? Yeah. Because he's like, he like goes over there next to the dog and the dog is like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like shoving the dog out of the way to get to the food. Do you know what that was? What? It's Cookie Crisp. Really? That's <laughs> so cool. I love Cookie Crisp. Fraser was just, you know, chilling out on the ground, having a bowl of Cookie Crisp. <laughs> That's fucking great. So there's a quite a bit that takes place here, but I'm going to kind of fast forward it a yeah. little bit. The next few scenes, it's kind of a montage. We're introducing Link to school, convenience stores where we get to meet those. Uh, Wiz and the Jizz. and the Jizz. Because there's that scene with the, the microwave burrito as well. Like they yes. put it in there, he doesn't eat it. It's like hot on the outside, cold on the inside. Yeah, yeah, because the two guys in the convenience store are arguing over like how long you should leave it in. Yeah. And so then Link eats it and Polly tries to, or Shore tries to take a, a bite of it and it's too cold. Yeah. But of course it doesn't matter to Link. He's a, he's an ice, he's he from the ice it. age. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> so uh, Robin's attractive friend, Ella, mm-hmm. uh, the one that's played by uh, Robin Tooney. It's kind of confusing yeah, because yeah. the character's name of the love interest is Robin. But then her friend Ella is played by a woman named Robin. That's so that's, yeah, it's confusing as shit. A little shit. confusing, but so Robin, the character Robin's friend, the character named Ella, <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she's like totally into Stony because he like comes up and he's like just manhandling her, mm-hmm. and she's totally into it. So she tells the other Stony or Link. Sorry, Link. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I what? It's funny you say that because in the film, at one point, Stony wanted to name Link Stony Number Two because he was from the Stone yeah. Age. So, yeah, this is going to get confusing. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, she tells him, she tells Stoney to bring Link to Blades because they're going to have a date. And because everybody in Southern California is apparently really big into hockey, I guess. That was a big thing in the 90s. Like, was it really? You, you had like Mighty Ducks. <sighs> That's a good point. Air, Airborne okay. had hockey. E- yeah. like everyone right. fucking loved hockey. I don't know what it was. I get, yeah. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Quite a bit happens at Blades, but nothing of real significance other than the fact that. We find Link becomes obsessed with a game called Radmobile. Oh, comes, yeah. yeah. Comes a big part of his characterization. And that Ella is just not really going to make that connection with Link because uh, it's, it, it's kind of Link's making these drawings, you know, like cave, like cave type drawings. Yeah, on, I remember this. Yeah, on a, a glass. And he refers to her as Betty Nugs because he's <laughs> Betty been hanging, Nugs, yeah, because yeah. he's been hanging out with Polly Shore, and so that's all he knows how to. That's the only way he knows how to describe a woman. And but we kind of get the impression he's talking about the cave woman that we were alluded mm. to earlier. The you know that there is actually like some sort of relationship there. Mm. So this isn't going to work out. But once again, the bully Matt decides to start picking on Dave, pulls him on the ice, starts messing with him, and Link comes out there to come to his aid. Yeah, remember this, and Matt. The bully punches him, and and that's really it. He just he he takes it and he's just he's like, oh, what was that? And he walks away. Well, he looks like upset, and he looks like he's just like about to cry almost a little bit because he's just like more more just confused. I think 
Because I think he's just, which is odd because you'd think in a tribal existence, you know, he might have to contend with having to, you know, be aggressive with other, mm-hmm. you know, potential uh, tribe members in other places. But, you know, in, in this case, he just kind of gets confused and walks away. And Stoney tries to explain to Dave, because Dave is super upset about yeah. this, right? Because he's like, well, why didn't he fight him back and stand up for us for, you know, for popularity? And Stoney's trying to explain to him, like, dude, that's not... That's not how he, yeah. he, he fought for survival. He fought for existence. He didn't fight for, you know, being the most popular kid in school. That wasn't his existence. And this is where, you know, we, we kind of see sprinklings of this all along. And I'm going to say it because I think it needs to be said. Dave is a dick. Yeah, it, I kind of got that throughout the movie. There's a scene later I'm pretty sure we'll get to where you can see that Link is trying to contend with the fact that he's in the newer age. He loves that he's there, but then... He has a moment where he realizes what he's left behind in the past, and he gets upset, and Dave just doesn't care at all. He doesn't, yeah. And it, it seems that Stoney is very in tune with Link's feelings. He, he's empathetic to Link's plight. He wants Link to have fun in exploring this new world that Link finds himself in, but at the same time, he understands that this is hard on yeah. him. Whereas Dave only sees him as a, like, at first he was, you know, as a as a frozen uh, artifact he was nothing more than potential money and now that he's out he's nothing more than a key the key to dave's popularity exactly. he never really like it, until we get to the almost the very end he just refuses to see link as a person exactly and it's kind well, of messed up and it's unfortunate because stony really thinks of link as a friend and link thinks of dave as a friend but it almost seems to me dave doesn't really th- like, he thinks that link or sorry he thinks that stony is a friend to him, but he also mistreats Stony as well. He does. That's a good point. Yeah, he doesn't really. He 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 makes a, he takes a couple of digs at Stony throughout the film, which are kind of messed up. You yeah. know, like whenever Stony is saying something about Dave that might be considered disparaging, he's usually doing it as a reflection of what other people think. Exactly. Like, she thinks you're crusty, whereas Dave's comments towards Stony are are kind of directed directly at him mm. from Dave. And you're right. It's he's he doesn't treat his own friend with a lot of respect. It's almost as if he's frustrated with his own situation, so he views himself as a little bit more popular than Stoney. He seems to think so, yeah. That's not the case. He's at the bottom of the totem pole. Which is funny, because Stoney reminds him, he's like, actually, I'm really popular, (laughs) even though he's not. (laughs) Neither of them are. Well, it's just funny, because, you know, I don't know where this inflated sense of ego comes from, but it's almost as if he got this ego from Stoney, because Stoney is his friend. And if you look at how Stoney interacts with everyone in the school... People don't dislike Stony. They all know Stony. They they don't they tolerate him, but you're right. They don't seem to have like a general like oh, screw this guy. It's more just like a oh god, here's Stony, you know. Almost like how we all feel felt about Polly Shore yeah. in the 90s like, oh, he, he's just being Polly. Yeah. You know? Cuz I mean, he thing. comes through cuz he's got that um what is it? It's like a not a motorcycle, but like a scooter. moped. Yeah, he's, yeah, got, he's, got, he's got the moped and that's a thing that stony gets used for is his method of transportation that's a good point too yeah that's true he kind of drives dave everywhere yeah yeah so because of this uh two we have two developments robin breaks up with matt over this yeah. um she's she's not a bad character she clearly has found herself wanting popularity but she she does have her limits she has a moral compass and she's she's not okay with the way matt treats people. exactly and this has kind of been her final straw and decides you know now it's a little messed up because She's watched him almost torture Dave through most of the film, mm-hmm. and you can tell this is a pattern of abuse, and that never bothered her. And it isn't until he struck Link 
that now all of a sudden she's like, well, that I've had just about enough of this. Well, I mean, I wonder if it has to go back to, because it seems that Dave is constantly trying to pursue her, and yeah. she knows that he's pursuing her. Almost like she thinks that he kind of deserves it for not respecting that boundary, kind of, maybe? D- didn't they used to be friends or something like that? They didn't were friends th- as kids, yeah, because yeah. he gives her the photo like yeah. the, of them nude in the, the bathtub together. Um, and, of course, she's super embarrassed by it, but... Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting I, that's an interesting thought that she might have almost tolerated Matt's abuse of Dave because of Dave's refusal to accept that her and Dave were never going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Uh, the other development here is Dave and Stony realize they got to teach Link to fight. So <laughs> oh, I love this scene. So cue the montage. Uh, we 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 introduce Link to WWE Kung Fu movies. And boxing matches. <laughs> I think my favorite scene in this is uh, Dave holds out a board for Link to break, and Link grabs Dave's hands and shoves the board back and breaks it against Dave's head. <laughs> it's like, see, this is—it's like you can see the evolution there. It's like, okay, <laughs> evolution. He's, he's problem solving. He's thinking, okay, I could break this with my head, which is clearly what Dave wants, or I could work smarter and break it on Dave's head. Exactly. <laughs> So now back at school, Link is the big man on campus. Apparently, everybody is now thinking that Link is the coolest because typically when Matt attacks someone, you know, they're kind of on the ground, they're cowering, or he, you know, puts them in a very compromising situation. Whereas with Link, he punched him and Link just stood there. He just took it. Yeah, and they were impressed by that. They were impressed that he didn't back down or falter. He's, He's getting a lot of accolades. He's joining all the clubs. He's, you know, he's meeting... You know Kim, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he's part of the computer club because you know it's it's a '90s, so we have some somewhat stereotypical things that happen with characters. But you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> so next, we kind of have to remind the audience that he is in fact a caveman because mm-hmm. we're starting to lose track of that. So they go to a museum of natural history, and Link starts to kind of piece it all together. And this is where we kind of start to realize Link hasn't really understood what's been going on. It's like. It, you almost have to wonder, did Link think he just woke up in the same time period, but in a different location Yeah, that's just better than where he was, but then going to this museum and looking around and seeing bones and displays, and he starts piecing it all together, and he realizes, this is the past. This, this, the, what, what's in this museum is these people think of as the past. I I woke up in a different time. Like this is the first time mm. he's grasping the concept that he didn't wake up in a different place. He woke up in a different time. And he starts to freak out. He goes into one of the displays where it's clearly a, a familiarity to him where it's, you know, a, a kind of a caveman mm. setting and he sets out to start trying to build a fire because he he needs something familiar. And and this is where we start to see Stony's ability to really empathize. Because he, of course, comes over and he tries to comfort him. And Dave is there. And, and he's, again, Dave's a dick. And he's not really comforting uh, Link very well. But Stoney, of course, is trying to really offer him some comfort. And he's trying to explain to Dave how why this is such a big problem. And Dave, of course, just cannot grasp yeah. it. But this is a comedy, so we're going to move on from that immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Uh, the, the very next scene, Link is going to driver's ed. Because we're just over that, and now it's time to get back to the funny. You know, let's let's see what happens if a caveman had to be in driver's ed. So Robin is in the car. 
and and Link jumps in the car and he starts driving it because he's like, yeah, rat ratmobile, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because Stony and Dave are in class and they they look outside and they see the car going nuts and they look at each other and they both exclaim ratmobile because they know what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, what he's doing. So they get out there and. The, the car is on two wheels, and, and Dave and Stoney have to try to find their way into the car, uh, and, and hilarity ensues. Uh, so, you know, of course, that whole scene plays out. And, and but Link they, is just laughing. The oh, yeah, Link's loving it. Oh, he's taking his hands off the wheels. <laughs> he's having like, ah! a good time. He's like, oh, this is fun. Look at this. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. Uh, so they, uh, they, they, for some reason, decided to drive this car to a bar, and it's like a, like a, like, I wouldn't say it's a, Mexican bar. We we have some Hispanic characters yeah. there, so I don't think because there's other characters that are not Hispanic because I think the bartender is a uh, Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. So I think but there's there's like, like I think it was a couple guys in there that seemed like they were from like maybe a Latino gang or something yeah. Like that. I think that's that's what they're trying to get at was like a Latina a Latino gang. Uh, but either way, they you know they get in there and they're all having a good time. And I, actually, one of my favorite things is Link trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> And so the translation of that is he's saying the cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom? Apparently, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and so the the Hispanic guy's like, "Yeah, man, she's not worth it." <laughs> and then he gets slapped and starts crying. It's just so much ridiculousness happens in this scene. Well, so it, it's funny because he's just like this, 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 and this, this, and this. It's just it's just <laughs> funny because he just says it all at once. It's and then that's how they interpret what the fuck he's saying. Yeah. So, so much is happening in the scene, but it kind of boils down to Robin is trying to get Dave to loosen up because Robin, of course, is yeah. there. You know, we've got Robin, Stony, Link, and Dave all there. And Robin's trying to get Dave to kind of, you know, loosen up, have some fun, party a little. Stony is being forced, or Stony is being coerced, let's say. Let's not say forced. He's being coerced into taking shots with the, the Latino gang. I love this um, so much because he's teaching him his fucking lingo. Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's teaching all the Hispanic guys the lingo. So, you know, it's fun. Uh, he's teaching them polyspeak. Well, wasn't there a dance scene between like Robin and Link that Dave seemed to get like jealous about? Sort of. They they kind of do the conga, but this whole time Dave is getting kind of jealous, you know, yeah. because clearly Robin is showing some uh, favoritism towards Link. Mm. But we'll, we'll get there. While all this is happening, Matt, the bully, is trying to find out more about Link because he doesn't like that Link has become this popular. So he goes to try to steal his records out of, you know, the, the cabinet mm. in the school. And he he finds that the only thing in his records is an application for a dog license, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, based off how dirty he was when he first arrived, that could really be a thing. He may have actually needed a flea dip. I'm well, not I sure. mean, he's, he's from Estonia, you know, you never know. What <laughs> right. <laughs> so when the cops show up at the bar, Dave and Link get arrested and they wind up having to go to, you know, the, the county lockup or wherever they go. Robin and... Stony get a ride home from the Latino gang. You know, they've, they've all, you know, really kind of come close and it's, you know, whatever have you. So while there, Dave uses that opportunity to call Robin and ask her to prom. And this is where we start to see that jealousy that you're talking about and where it really manifests because she says she wants to go with Link. You know, Link's the big man on campus now. Mm -hmm. Link's the person she wants to hang out with. And this, of course, makes Dave really upset. So they get out of jail and Dave tries to abandon Link in the middle of the road somewhere. Like, just gives him, like, just a, like just gives him, just, that's it. Yeah, gives him a pocket full of change and some clothes and sends him on his way. 
And just a complete, again, Dave's a dick. I do not like Dave's character in this film at all. He's a complete and utter dick. Yeah. I, and I really don't think he gets redemption in my, in my, my opinion. Like, no, I, I remember watching this. It almost seems as if he gets what he wants in the end and that's what makes him a good character. But that, that, and that's know. what I hate. He get he does. He gets what he wants in the end. Let's let's ruin let's ruin it right now. He gets Robin in the end. Yeah, and they they get to kiss, and it's like screw you. And he gets to have the big party with his pool. Yeah, it's but like, in the scene, it's bullshit because he drops Link off. Stony understands what he's going to do. If I remember, if I'm remember, remembering yeah, correctly, yeah. you're done. But on. then doesn't Dave punch Stony? They don't show it, interestingly enough, but I think, yes, that is what happens, because they kind of just, like... Because Stoney was bleeding, right? Yes, exactly. And it's weird, because it's actually, uh, it's Link that comes back and breaks up this fight when Stoney shows up to stop Dave from abandoning Link, mm-hmm. and Link breaks up the fight, and he actually takes the blood. And I I didn't notice this until I, my, I rewatched it for this episode. He takes the blood off of Stoney's face, and he shows it to Dave, like, look, look what you've done. Look what you're, look what you've been driven to. You need to stop. And he's, and it's just so much is communicated in that. It was pretty amazing. And then he hugs them both and brings he them does, all together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they bangs their head together and yeah. they all have a laugh and yeah, everything's fine, you know, because again, it's a comedy. We got to get past these moments. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time to go to prom. And Robin had kind of offshoot mentioned when Dave showed that he was clearly upset with the idea of her going to prom with Link instead. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why don't we all go together? It'll be fun. And she seems to kind of still be trying to push this idea as if she actually wants that. And you can tell she doesn't. But she shows up to pick up Link for the prom. Dave, of course, is not ready. He's like, no, you two go. And I don't know if that's what the filmmakers are trying to give us as his redemption. Because he's like, no, I shall let Link date the girl of my dreams. I'm a better man now. Like, that's not enough. He's been a complete piece of garbage this film. Screw that guy. But they go. And Matt shows up at Dave's house. And breaks into his room while Dave is downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he steals the photos. And I, I didn't mention this before, but they had taken photos of the ice and that, you know, it had melted. And then, you know, talked about Link being the caveman mm-hmm. in these Polaroids. A Polaroid, for anybody that doesn't know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was a film device that allowed you to take photos and then immediately receive a product of a physical copy of the photo you know they have those right they came back they came back it's a big thing on like tiktok and all that so you're explaining this and people are like we know what the fuck these are these are new (laughs) okay so then let me explain it like this that's all we had (laughs) it was the polaroid camera or you could take traditional photos and and then have to drop them off at a a one-hour photo and then if you had a one-hour photo if not you might have to wait a couple days so link and robin go to the prom matt has stolen these photos and so of course dave and stoney realize they have to go after them Uh, matt shows up and it's it's a great scene and i'm just going to play the bit of this that that makes sense here do you want to know the truth do you want to know what he really is He's a caveman. Lose their fucking minds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's great. Because they're just like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Because I don't they know. Don't they don't care. They're, they're high schoolers. Exactly. And they probably don't even believe this anyway. What no. a ridiculous story. I mean, you got to think Matt hit Link and then Link got popular. So he's like, he's a caveman. Maybe they just thought, oh, no, he's like. 
he's different than me. Maybe that's what they thought. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe. the caveman was a lingo back then. Maybe it was. Maybe it was poly. Maybe it's poly speak that we're not clear about. Yeah. We need Grindage, to add it to our. Yeah. We'll add it to our dictionary. Wisdom the Jews. <laughs> Dave and Stony show up. They try to stop Matt. Matt, of course, shoves him down. And this is where he activates Link's newfound skills in WWE. And Link picks up Matt, spins him around, throws him on a cake. Yep. Outstanding. Super great. Yeah, because it's it's an it, it may, it's 1992, so we're still in kind of that 80s era of we got to beat up the the high school bully. We have to do it. And then of course, Stony comes over, pours juice on his head, and says Matt's famous line. I haven't even mentioned this, but Matt throughout the film keeps doing this thing where he goes shoosh <laughs> to tell people to be quiet. It's really fucking irritating, actually. <laughs> so we will mention it never again. So you know, prom continues. Matt has been you know vanquished. The 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 enemy is no longer at the gates. So prom continues and they're dancing and Stony and Link and Dave all dance together. They do was like a synchronized dance. They do a synchronized dance. It's I'm pretty sure it's the nineties. I'm pretty sure it's the dance from that Link had seen the Aboriginals do when I he think first so, yeah. when he first got thought out. So then prom ends. Everybody goes back to Dave's house. The entire prom goes back to Dave's house mm-hmm. to play in the pool. And of course, Dave gets to kiss Robin. Hold cause... on, hold on. Before you before you move on, you say <laughs> pool. You mean the hole in the ground that is muddy as shit. <laughs> it's it's so not gross. even finished. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to freaking hang out in that pool. It's no. so gross. Like, And this, this is like a, a, a Southern California school. You're telling me nobody else's parents have a pool? Exactly. Like, what the fuck? Come on. No, let's go. To, no, come back to my pool. Dude, this is a fucking hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> While all this is going on, I should mention that just before I think they went to prom, uh, while Stony and Dave were just kind of hanging out because they weren't going to go to prom, an earthquake happens. And of course, we've come to realize in the film that earthquake means the arrival of something, mm. right? And what this is going to turn out to be is the arrival of someone. And so Stony and Link are now just, they're just kind of going through the house and they, they go up to the, the glass door that leads into the house mm. and they see there's more cave paintings again. And they're like, oh gosh. And they look up and they see there's the smoke alarm going off. And, of course, it's the 90s. So they look at each other and they just scream because it's comedy. <laughs> I don't know. So they go upstairs and they open the uh, the bathroom and there's Link's cavewoman in the bathroom. Yeah. In, in the bath. And Link is just so excited. Yes. He's like, ah! And he jumps in with her. Here's the part that I didn't really understand. It's like, okay, when they found Link, he was confused probably didn't even know what a bath would be like a like an indoor indoor plumbing yeah. in a tub yet somehow she arrives and that's the, like the first thing she she's taking a do. bubble bath she's taking a bubble bath like how the fuck did she figure this out like is she just is she or women that women much are smarter than men i mean i'm just saying i guarantee if we had two women in these same seats this podcast would be really well thought out it probably would yeah. It wouldn't be just a couple of chuckle asses fucking <laughs> coming up with shit off the top of their head. They'd have an actual plan, and they'd actually, you know, write out their ideas. Because yeah, men are stupid. They really are. God we just us. think about grindage and nugs. <laughs> <laughs> grindage and nugs. Oh, I forgot to get some grindage after this. Some star. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how we end it. Is they they dress her in some you know cool '90s hip gear where mm. she looks like super clean right yeah. is that the word super clean and uh that's that's how we end the movie yeah oh and the, oh and uh polly then of course at the very end does a impression of the terminator and says i'll be back and that's it did <laughs> yeah because of course disney knew that this was going to be you know there was gonna be three movies oh yeah um 
that would involve Polly Shore, even if he's not playing the exact same character. So yeah, that's 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 where we just drop off. And I don't know if this is what helped this film, but did you know that eight months before this film was due to release, they actually found a naturally mummified body of a man from 3300 BC in the Austrian Alps? Really? Isn't that crazy? Like right before this film is about to be released. So they, like, hey, happens. we're using this natural marketing. Right? <laughs> Isn't that great? And I'll leave it with this in terms of kind of wrapping up everything about this film, because there's really not much more to go yeah. into. Uh, apparently, Sean Astin, Brendan Fraser, and Polly Shore have all expressed interest in doing a sequel to the film. I would love that. Obviously not the Encino Woman sequel yeah. that, from the 1996 that we're going to pretend never happened. But Encino Kid or something like that? Uh, who knows? Uh, the reason I know it's recent is they talked about it would be done on Disney+. Plus. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so so yeah, that, that might be something we have to look forward I to. I think that'd be really cool to see an older, like, Link. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it would play out. Or, like, Link and his cave nug. I hate saying that. It feels so mm-hmm. weird. So strange. A cave Betty. His cave Betty. There we yeah. go. His cave Betty, like, have a kid, and, but the kid's not quite evolved. I, don't, I, don't I think know. it would have to happen for this. I mean, don't steal my idea, Disney. I know you're probably going to. But I think it would have to be that somewhere along the line, Link had a brother or something like that, or maybe like a rival that gets awakened. And the rival is still oh, young because he's good. in ice. We or we find out that the rival came at the same time as Link, but you know, Brendan Fraser's character has become very is a good person, has grown up to you know do some really nice things like he's a teacher or, or something yeah. you know. Uh, or he was found by a bunch of good guy. Well, right, one he was, good guy. Yeah, one guy, one good guy, and Dave the Dick. Whereas his rival was found by you know some corporate elite master who's trying to take over the school that they're building i don't know that fucking call that does sound like a disney movie it does sound exactly (laughs) yeah so just thinking like disney Disney if this happens iptt studios will not take you to court we do not have the fundage but we would (laughs) like to at least be included and i want to say the word grindage yeah just give us the executive producer credit and let AJ say grindage, and we'll call it even. That's it, all right? And let That's me whisk the juice. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> there must be a, a, a grand allowance of juice wheezing. <laughs> so we're going to have to have that. AJ, you've seen this film several times, yes. as have I. Who do you think is Sam Elliott playing in this? See, I, I would love to see Sam Elliott. He couldn't be Polly Shore because you still need Polly Shore there. I would love to see Sam Elliott as dave oh god not, really? not necessarily because it would be a funny role but but i think that since dave is a dick in general <laughs> it would be easier for like sam elliott to be able to just be flat with it i'm, I'm gonna completely contradict you i w- would love to see him as Polly shore's character i love i want to see him as Sam. <laughs> just sitting there like i'm going to be munching on some grindage wheezing the juice <laughs> wheezing the juice can you imagine how irritated and annoyed he would be if you cast him in that and like made him do that role he'd be fucking so pissed pissed. (laughs) i I mean you gotta think it would be hilarious to see all those phrases i mean just the entire lingo don't tax my gig so hardcore cruster So, for anybody that's curious, this can be seen on Prime Video, Vudu, Redbox, or Apple TV. However, 
$3.99 across the board. You are going to have to pay to watch this film. You can um, also readily find available on DVD. It actually is pretty easy to find. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, have it for yourself and not have to pay $3.99 for like a single viewing, yeah, I'd say just head to a vintage store. You can probably find the film for under $10. Yeah, I found it at, I believe in our area, it's like half price books. Yeah. But you can find it at like vintage stock. Um, I don't even know if there's slackers anymore, but you can find them all there. Right. Or uh, what's what's that one that's sometimes in the mall? Uh, it's not like VHUV. What is it? Shit. Uh, FYP. You mean FYE? FYE. Thank you. FYP. (laughs) For you, Paige, of course. (laughs) For you, Paige. (laughs) Yeah, FYE. I do want to say before we do our our classic spiel at the end. Yeah, what do you got? This is our 10th episode. Holy shit, you're right. 10th episode. (laughs) And guys, you know, I want to say thank you for listening to us. We have over 100 plays right now our subscribers are growing our playlist is growing we have people listening to us and i want to say thank you for everyone that's listening to us overseas we have listeners from denmark the united kingdom from new zealand oh wow yeah oh i am see now i'm trying to remember did i ever try to butcher a new zealand accent because i don't think so so sorry (laughs) i mean we did kind of butcher some german in the last one but i don't think anyone would be too happy or too upset okay don't 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 you don't you pull me in that boat you butchered german the last one and it was glorious and i love your awful german accent it's amazing (laughs) i i want to take you to germany and just unleash you on the people there (laughs) (laughs) but again we want to say thank you we want to say thank you to every single person that has supported us so far by all means, just keep a lookout for the future. We have things in the work for you. We do want to eventually do episodes where we do collaborations and different things like that. Starting a Patreon or a Patreon page for everyone gets you guys some merch. There are things in the works. I just want to ask each and every one of you, if you guys like this, just please give us a subscription so you guys don't miss any of our notifications and interact with us on Instagram, you know, where we will interact with you. I have one person that I, you know, you know who you are. You've interacted with us a couple different times. I do need to let you know that I am going to react and I'm going to respond to these just so you know, you know who you are. And speaking of that, uh, coming up in end of April and into May, we have some things that are coming up that are going to get in the way of the schedule a little bit. So we're going to modify things slightly for a short time period. And then end of May, we'll be right back into our our typical groove of things. What you're going to see from us in May, instead of talking about specific films or performers, we're going to be doing some of those discussions that AJ has talked about uh, us doing, um, where we pick a topic and we kind of generally discuss our thoughts on a particular facet of filmmaking or storytelling. And we're just going to kind of wax. I'm not going to say intellectual because it's us, but we're going to wax. (laughs) There's going to be some waxing. So uh, we've got three of those episodes planned for May. So uh, please be on the lookout for those. And then we won't have a podcast coming to you for the last week of April and the third week of May? Something? There'll, there'll be something. We, we'll post on our Instagram and we'll let you guys know. And we're going to keep this train running by mentioning that our music is created by Augusto Denise, our logo by Arpon Design, mixing and editing by IPTT Studios. And we want to hear from you in your own slice of toast. Tell us about the films that you think we and others should see, actors to showcase, or topics to discuss. You can reach us directly at IPTT underscore podcast or email us directly at IPTT podcast at gmail.com. You can also interact directly through the Spotify app. And if you ever find yourself waking up from thousands of years on ice only to be forced to attend an early 90s high school with Polly Shore and a Hobbit, remember, you can always get more grindage. <laughs> <laughs> Check 
got the fresh nugs. Wheezing the juice. Ow! Ow! Buddy. Buddy.